There's nothing quite as life-changing as becoming a parent. No matter what you do in your life, you can change jobs, you could have tragedy, you could have joy, you could win a baseball tournament when you're 12. You could win some sort of co-ed softball tournament when you were an adult. My teams were never good enough for that, but I digress. You could do all of these things, but nothing quite changes your life like having a tiny human to take care of as they grow up. Everything you ever were, ever have been, is now inherently different because now you have a tiny person. You can't do the same stuff you always did. And then when you lose the person who's supposed to help you raise that person, you have a whole new challenge because now you have to become two people when you're not even done not being the first person that you were. And it's hard to let go of that old person. Old habits die hard is the old cliche phrase, and it's absolutely true. But part of the way you can do that is to just embrace that you are becoming somebody new instead of trying to fight against it all the time. Welcome to the Single Parent Preacher. My name is Alex. Now, this is probably the hardest thing. I have a whole thing in my brain about identity. I am always looking at being a new person. Are other people becoming new people? How are people changing? It has been like an internal obsession of mine for years. And when you have to make this transition and you have to give up these things in your life that maybe you never considered to be quote-unquote bad, it's hard because then they come back up and you're like, okay, I'm not going to eat chocolate anymore because it's giving me heartburn. And then two weeks later, you're at work and somebody has a birthday and here's this giant German chocolate cake. You're like, but chocolate though. When you give up those kinds of things, it's so hard. And it's hard to be that new person. But I find it fascinating that in the Bible, people are given entirely new names. And they don't even argue. If I went to work and they said, Hi, your name's not Alex anymore. It's Joseph. It wouldn't be a terribly far cry for me. It's my middle name. But if they just, if I walked in and it was a completely different name and that's all they called me, I would be very confused and be on Career Builder very, very quickly. But when you look at the Bible, people are given these new names, these new identities, and they don't fuss. Genesis 32, Jacob wrestles with God. If you've been in church, you've probably heard this story before. Jacob gets up, he wrestles some mysterious man, the man touches Jacob's hip, he goes down, and I'll pick up in verse 26, the whole story starts at 22. Verse 26, then he said, let me go. For the day has broken. But Jacob said, I will not let you go until you bless me. And he said to him, What is your name? And he said, Jacob. Then he said, Your name shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel, for you have striven with God and with men and have prevailed. You're not Jacob anymore. You're Israel. 
what's the natural next question? Why, like, why Israel? What am I supposed to go home to my wife and my kids and be like, by the way, don't call me Jacob anymore. Call me Israel because this guy that I was wrestling out in the field told me my name was different. In my mind, that should be verse 29. Verse 29 says, then Jacob asked him, please tell me your name. But he said, why is it that you ask me my name? And there he blessed him. So Jacob called the name of the place Peniel, saying, For I have seen the God face to face, and yet my life has been delivered. There's no argument from Jacob, because he gets this new identity from God, and he's like, that's who I am now. But Genesis is like a long time ago, right? Like thousands and thousands of years ago. Now there's nothing in the Bible that isn't thousands of years ago, but let's, let's jump to the New Testament for a minute. Matthew 16, starting at verse 16, Simon Peter replied, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Right before this, Jesus had just asked, who do the people say I am? And then who do you say I am? So this is Peter's response to that question. Verse 17, and Jesus answered him, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father who is in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter. And on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Now, verse 16, as our translation says, says Simon Peter. Jesus calls him Simon Barjona. There's no Peter. But then he calls him Peter. And for the rest of the Gospels, we see him called either Simon Peter or Peter. New name. New job. Except for that brief blip after Jesus dies where he goes out fishing again. Then he gets the new job thing. He's somebody different now. God gives him a new identity. And now I only picked a couple of specific verse examples. But if you go through the Bible, it's everywhere. It's not always a name change. Abram and Sarai became Abraham and Sarah. Moses went from abandoned baby to second in command of Pharaoh's house to exile to freer of God's people. One guy in the Bible, like at least four different identities does he pick up. David goes from shepherd to king. Amos is a shepherd who's a prophet. And when he's called a prophet, he goes, but chill, I'm a shepherd. Paul was Saul. We talked about this in the last episode. Paul was Saul. He was a murderer and a persecutor of the church and then became the greatest missionary we've ever known. God is all about old into the new. And the thing about all of these different people is we don't hear or see a lot of argument from them about these new identities. Moses complains he's not a good talker. He gets Aaron. Jonah complains the entire time about having to preach to Nineveh, and yet the entire city gets saved anyway. Saul actually recounts all of the things that he was. He remembers who he used to be, and then says, but I count it all as loss, as rubbish, for the sake of knowing Jesus Christ my Lord. See, nowhere in all of these identity changes do we see God saying, forget who you were. Forget where you came from. Forget what you did. But what they all have to do and what they all do is they embrace who they are now. And you don't see them trying to go back, again, outside of Peter doing the fishing thing. 
and it's it's interesting that there's even a little warning. And it depends on which gospel you read this parable in, because it's not in the Matthew version. In the Luke passage about not putting old wine or new wine in old wineskins, there's a little extra thing that's a warning, I think, for us. I'll start at verse 36 for the whole parable. He also told them a parable. No one tears a piece from a new garment and puts it on an old garment. If he does, he will tear the new, and the piece from the new will not match the old. And no one puts new wine into old wineskins. If he does, the new wine will burst the skins, and it will be spilled, and the skins will be destroyed. But new wine must be put into fresh wineskins. Here's verse 39. And no one, after drinking old wine, desires new. For he says, the old is good. Jesus, there's this, it's this, it's really subtle. It's this verse that you don't hear like a whole lot because it's always focused about the wineskin part. But it's saying like, if you go to do something new and then you start trying to be the old person again, and you get back into those old things, you kind of go, you know what? This was okay. I wasn't actually wrong about this. This old person that I was. Not so bad. Was it, was it really not that bad, though? Genuinely think about this for the second. If the old person that you were wasn't that bad, why did you have to be redeemed from it? Why did it have to change? Why did you have to give up that old habit if it wasn't that bad? Why did you give it up in the first place? Did you give it up because now you're a Christian and God wanted you to give it up? Does it conflict with what the Bible says? Was it an idol? Did it get in the way? Is it something you don't want your kids to see or your kids to experience? I mean, what, why did you give it up? And why ever that was, why ever that happened, I don't know if why ever is a word, but it is now, for whatever reason you gave it up, there's a, you have to hold on to that. And you have to embrace this new person that you're becoming. What are you replacing those things with? You know, when Jesus talks about casting out demons, and we're not talking about casting out demons at the moment, but when he talks about that, he says the demons go away, they go to the desert, they get seven friends, and they come back to an empty, cleaned-up house. And it's worse for that person. But you have to fill it with something. What if the house isn't empty? If you're giving up bad habits... What good habits are you replacing it with? Because when you're changing your attitude, when you're changing the way you look, you're not being that person anymore. The stuff that you do changes with it. You become this new person. We fight so much about the stuff that we do that changing the attitude from which we do it never happens. So then we change it, and then we fall back, and we go, oh, I guess I never really wanted to do that anyway. That's why I think it's important to note that nobody in the Bible really argues about this new identity thing. They just accept that there are somebody new. You are a new creation. The old has gone. The new has come. It's not that old is going. It's not the new is coming. Although we know there's a process of sanctification. That's a whole different episode. But the new is coming. The new is here. And the more we fight against that, the new attitudes, the new things that God wants to put in our life, the more we fight against that, the harder it is to become this new person. We just argue. I'm really good at arguing, but we just argue. 
And that doesn't get us anywhere. It's only when you humble yourself and you start accepting, God, this is a new thing that you're doing in my life, a new person that you're making me, and I'm going to let you do that. It's only when you humble yourself that change really happens and you start seeing yourself as a new person and you stop feeling guilty about the person that you were. We don't have any verses from Paul about, I feel so guilty that I murdered God's people over and over again. I'm sure that he did. He spent three days blind for it. I'm pretty sure he felt pretty guilty about it. But there's no like book of Paul lamenting this. God changed him. God's changing you and me. God is changing everything around us if we let him. So whoever you're becoming, whatever identity God is giving you, whatever is changing in your life, the good things, let them happen. Let those changes happen in your life. Let God change them and see what happens when you humble yourself and you let that go. Let's pray. God, we thank you that you don't leave us where we are. That no matter where we're coming to you from, you're bringing us somewhere new, somewhere better, somewhere we couldn't ever get ourselves. And we thank you that you don't abandon us on that journey. You are always with us. It's not under our strength that we're getting there. It's because you're helping us. Sometimes you're straight up carrying us. Thank you for doing that. God, help us to be humble enough to let go of the things that we hold on to that we shouldn't be anymore. Help us to embrace this new person, this new thing you're doing in our lives. Help us to know and have the faith to believe that it's going to be better than what it was even during the times where it's really hard really painful and it seems so much easier to go back to what was old give us the strength to persevere and become somebody new that you're making us and i pray all these things in jesus name amen you can uh, follow me on twitter at sp preacher pod you can email me at the single parent preacher at gmail.com as always because i know we don't have very much of it thank you for your time listening. And until next time, remember that new and different isn't bad. It's something that God is doing in your life to make things better.